You're listening to the Charge Forward audio blog by Chargebacks 911, bringing you the latest in payments and fraud. To learn more about how Chargebacks 911 can help you reduce chargebacks and recover revenue lost to fraud, visit us online at chargebacks911.com. This episode is part of our Blogs on Tape series for audio learners and busy professionals. It is entitled Chargeback Rights and is read by George Turner. How Merchants Can Uphold Their Chargeback Rights When we talk about chargeback rights, we're typically referring to regulations that help make sure consumers never get stuck paying for credit card purchases they didn't make. All credit card users are guaranteed the right to file a chargeback against corrupt merchants or in instances of fraud or identity theft. But the vast majority of merchants are honest. They're not out to swindle their customers. So what happens when the roles are reversed when it's the customers who try to play the system? Do merchants have any say-so in the matter? Thankfully, the Card Network's policies and guidelines state that merchants have built-in chargeback rights, too. They're not the same as cardholders' rights, of course. For one thing, there are various parameters that can change based on the reason code of the disputed transaction. If that sounds confusing, well, it is. Since merchants' chargeback rights aren't as clear-cut and universally applicable, many merchants aren't sure what rights they actually have. Section 1. Why Merchants' Rights Can Change The merchant's specific chargeback rights often vary because each card network has its own set of regulations. As we said earlier, this is further complicated by the fact that rights for each individual incident are based on the case's reason code. Having said that, we can still make some overall statements about the chargeback rights and liabilities generally afforded merchants. Number one, the chargeback cannot exceed the original transaction amount. The issuer can only file a chargeback for a. the full transaction amount, b. a portion of the transaction amount, or c several partial amount chargebacks. The chargeback can include any shipping or handling fees for an item not received and any surcharges caused by the disputed transaction. Number two, a chargeback cannot be filed for the cash back portion of a cash back transaction. Number three, if a purchased item arrives after the agreed upon delivery date, the customer must try to return the merchandise prior to seeking a chargeback, and it's the issuer's responsibility to make sure this takes place before the chargeback is processed. Number four, along the same lines, many reason codes require the cardholder to contact the merchant and attempt to resolve the issue before filing a chargeback. Once again, the issuer is obligated to verify this action. Number five, if a customer returns an item, the issuer must normally wait 15 calendar days before processing a chargeback. This ensures merchants have a window of time to respond. Number six, most card schemes require the customer to file a chargeback within a set number of days, starting from the day the transaction was posted or some other applicable date. Number seven, In almost all cases, every step of the chargeback process must be completed before proceeding to arbitration. As you can see, the merchant's chargeback rights tend to be more reactive. 
They only come into play if a chargeback is actually filed, and they mostly serve to limit the amount of damage the customer can do. Even then, the merchant protection is easily circumvented, as we shall see. Section 2. When Merchant Chargeback Rights Are Violated Protections are only viable if they're enforced. Unfortunately, there are multiple scenarios where merchants' chargeback rights get steamrolled by the system. For example, let's talk about misplaced incentives. With the exception of hardline fraudsters, most of the parties involved in a chargeback dispute aren't really out to victimize merchants. The system is simply set up in such a way as to encourage choices that create fallout for the retailer. Card networks, like most businesses, tend to operate under the philosophy that the customer is always right. Ultimately, both the bank and the cardholder are the network's customers, so it's in the scheme's best interest to keep those parties happy. Plus, they know merchants need the card networks more than the networks need any individual merchant. That makes it easier to turn a blind eye when merchants are hit with illegitimate customer complaints. Banks are enticed by chargebacks, too. In most circumstances, chargebacks offer a fast, no-hassle solution that reduces expenses, keeps customers happy, and rarely results in any type of consequence. That means banks have little incentive to perform true due diligence on any given case. Processors? They generally mark up any bank fees and sometimes have fees of their own. What starts out as a $5 surcharge could end up costing the merchant $45 or more. Processors don't like chargebacks any more than merchants, but because they can charge for the hassle and the risk, they don't have much incentive to fight against the system. Then there are exemption loopholes. Each card network has an extensive list of chargeback reason codes. With so many codes available, it would be easy to assume that there was a code to cover every potential type of cardholder dispute. But that isn't the case. In fact, there are numerous situations where a cardholder has a legitimate dispute that lacks a corresponding chargeback reason code. In these cases, a pre-compliance chargeback is filed. Pre-compliance chargebacks are known as exceptions. And just as the name implies, using them means a lot of the merchant's chargeback rights are exempt too. A pre-compliance chargeback won't negatively affect the merchant's chargeback ratio, which is fortunate. At the same time, there aren't proper representment rights available in these situations. A traditional chargeback process offers merchants the right to recoup lost profits, but an exception threatens that right. Finally, we have friendly fraud. When it comes to merchants' chargeback rights being violated, the single greatest threat comes from friendly fraud, also called chargeback fraud. The threat is made even more insidious by the fact that most merchants have no idea how widespread the problem actually is. Experts estimate that over 85% of all chargebacks are probably caused by friendly fraud. The number could be even higher. Worse, a recent study revealed more than 81% of consumers freely admit to filing a chargeback simply out of convenience. And what's even more concerning is that nearly half of the survey respondents didn't even know they were filing a chargeback. The consumer mistakenly thought the bank could terminate a subscription, for example, or perhaps the cardholder was simply asking about a confusing transaction on the monthly card statement. 
In other words, these consumers didn't report the transaction as being unauthorized. They simply but inaccurately believed the bank was communicating with the merchant on their behalf. As we noted earlier, chargeback rules clearly state a cardholder must attempt to resolve the issue with the merchant before filing a chargeback. In theory, issuers must make this a chargeback prerequisite. Few banks, however, have the resources to fully follow up on more than a handful of cases. As a result, consumers are actually encouraged to exploit the system by seeking a no-hassle chargeback instead of a traditional refund. Essentially, in our desire to protect cardholders, we inadvertently gave them a powerful weapon to wield against the merchant. Section 3, The Most Important Chargeback Right Of all the rights a merchant is guaranteed through the chargeback process, the most important is representment. In fact, fighting illegitimate chargebacks is more than a right. It could actually be considered a responsibility. For starters, it discourages cardholders from automatically turning to a chargeback. If it's faster, easier, and more effective to ask for a refund, fewer customers will default to a chargeback as the most convenient solution. And disputing chargebacks also sends a powerful message to banks. On average, issuers are less likely to rubber stamp cases filed against merchants who consistently dispute chargebacks. The more merchants unite against unfair chargebacks, the more money the banks will have to spend on fighting disputes, and that puts pressure on them to change the process. Rethinking the current outdated chargeback system could result in positive change for all card-not-present merchants, as well as benefit other parties. If banks accepted fewer chargebacks, for example, processors would need to manage less risk. Merchants would have fewer costs, consumers would react differently to buyer's remorse, and less overall chargeback fraud would be committed. But unless merchants come together and fight the unjust system, things will continue on their current path and merchants will continue to be victims. If you're one of the merchants who believes chargebacks are just a cost of doing business, it's time to stand up for your rights. Fight back. At Chargebacks 911, we fight chargebacks on your behalf and offer the industry's only performance-based ROI guarantee. So if you're interested in recapturing more profits and sending an important message to the credit card industry at the same time, find us online at chargebacks911.com or call us at 877-634-9808.